What's going on, people? Welcome to the show, my friends. What's going on, guys? I've been shooting the shit here with the TikTok homies, getting prepped, getting ready, getting hype for the one, the only, episode 69. Was that good? 69. So, having done 69, it's actually been more like 70-some episodes, but the numbers got messed up. Having done a lot of episodes recently over the past year, one of the things I've realized is how much I have like this classic Gemini split personality of really kind of only living in the the like maybe not the two extremes but here's what i'm talking about is my love of freestyle my understanding of navigating a song never letting myself get tripped up being able to always reach in and pull up a uh a word as it's needed and that part of me developing that skill and a big part of it is trust in myself. It is, you know, having driven down these mental streets, you know, for days and weeks and months of my waking life. And I contrast that with my whole lived childhood through life experience of always procrastinating work that was required for me to do by someone else. And because school, and this is like, this is my classic harping because this is a big part of my focus. Like this is the podcast, never stop learning. Like I stopped loving learning when I didn't ever know how to or give myself the ability to access a flow state of learning. I've been flow state rapping, flow state singing. I was flow state singing in, you know, seventh grade. I started singing in a choir and and doing musicals and stuff like that. Um, and so... So much of my feeling of being in tune with life is is like in my flow state. And I have had, and still do to this day, have had the hardest time finding that feeling like me, feeling like I have access to the parts of my being that I want to when I'm, for example trying to write an outline for the podcast today when I'm trying to prepare a grocery list and look up a bunch of recipes and kind of do it all in one big trip. Like that's so hard for me and me trying to create a blog, me trying to sit down and 
meditate, me trying to add anything real to my life in a way. Um, so do any of you guys struggle with that too? For me, a big part of it is knowing that I have ADHD and I kind of like became a stoner like when I was 16 and then kind of just like was self-medicating and basically just after my freshman year of college, I my whole life I, I was I was like, fucks, this this college shit is harder than high school. And I'm like more stoner than I've ever been. Hey mom, I think I have ADHD. And I got a prescription for some five ants. And it was just like there was no real actual desire for me to connect or rewire my brain. I mean, I guess, to, uh, pause, there was. That's what I was doing when I was smoking weed. Like my brain, I didn't ever become accustomed, become like fluent in how I learn. I had enough of an ability to basically um, fuck, lost my train of thought. But Jay Seda said, I took Vivance once for some exams and it was crazy. Yeah, Vivance is crazy. So this is really interesting. So basically, my freshman year, super stoner, don't know what I want to do, shouldn't have been in college. This is back in 2011, 2012. And uh, halfway through the year, I had gone to this private Lutheran college to sing in the choir and as an un or as an exploring major. Like, shout outs to the young kids. And let me just give you some very bare minimum advice. Don't go explore at a college. I mean, maybe go to a community college and take a few classes like gen eds, but like don't go to a school, live on campus, have a meal plan, like all that shit without having an actual idea because then I'm like, okay, I can't justify, you know, I'm four months in, I've made all my stoner friends. I, I don't give a fuck about school. Like that's that was just the reality for me. And then I basically decide because one, my mom my whole life was a kindergarten preschool teacher. And so that was like a world I was very familiar with. It was a job I had gone and helped my mom in her class here and there throughout my life. And I was like, hey, what's the easiest way for me to undergo a degree program? And, and I remember thinking to myself like, wow, it would be cool to have like real conversations as a teacher with like high schoolers. But I literally thought to myself, and this is like so indicative of where my mind was at the time. I said, well, 
I should do young kids because I already know all of their curriculum. And if I'm a high school teacher, I have to like really know shit because these kids could really test me. Like, and I was like really feeling like I didn't want to work at something. I wasn't feeling like I wanted to work at something. Like what? Why the fuck am I at college, bro? So back to what Jay Saba said, Jay Sada brought up, which was my experience on Vivance, <clears throat> which is like I said, my freshman year, I'm like, school is hard. Mom, give me Vivance. Or I didn't know I wanted Vivance. That's just what the doctor prescribed, right? I think I, in my head, wanted Adderall because that's what that's the name brand everybody knows. But so my sophomore year, I'm an RA this year. I come back to school and I start taking Vivance like a few days before, or like I think right when I got to school for the start of orientation and I was there for RA orientation. So I, for the first time in my life, I, I don't think I'd ever taken it before. Even Adderall, I don't think. Because I had just had my freshman year and I was just stoner drinking a little bit. And I am in with all of these like, I felt like I was an outcast at this <laughs> resident assistant training with like, you know how it is. It's kind of like half of it is like the goody goodies. And like, I ain't trying to say like goody goodies. Have fun at school, kids. I don't know if y'all can hear that loud ass bus, but the kids are off to school in the neighborhood. Um, but yeah, so I'm like with the, I don't want to say goody goodies, but straight edged people, people who are like about to crack the whip on like drinking, like busting parties and shit. And I'm like, yo, none of that for me. And I am on a fat pill of Vivance with breakfast every morning. And I'm like, and I'm still also a stoner too. So then I'm also getting stoned and bro, that was just, that was some of the craziest shit in my life. And I, I ended up not being able to handle it. I couldn't handle the Vivance. And so basically for the next year, I, I just like sold my Vivance in exchange for weed, basically money or weed, you know, cause money would buy me weed. Right. Um, <clears throat> so what was my point with that? Vivance. Um, yeah, so I said, hey, I'm going to already know how to do everything. I'm going to study elementary education. And so I'm doing elementary education and I'm realizing like, And it's really hard to, it's hard to jump back into an old mindset, you know? Um, one second, I'm going to move the mic. Or is the sound good? I feel like the sound's probably good. I'm worried that I'm not loud enough. Might I project a bit more? Hello, dear listener. I don't know who you are. I don't, in a way, care who you are, though I do care about you. But I don't care who you are. I care about you. 
what is with us holding back a type of love that I can be emanating right into your sweet little ears right now, baby? Love is how we vibrate. And one of the big lessons of my life right now is literally recognizing that our culture says that love is a limited resource. Right? We, we want our relationships to hold this certain level of a percentage of someone's love. You know how limiting that is? You know how many people, probably without even knowing it, will have more kids with their partner because they want more love in their life? But they think that it has to be in an enclosed, locked, government-sealed, marital, familial unit. And we love our parents, and we love our cousins, and we love our aunts and uncles and nieces and nephews, and brothers and sisters. But let me tell you, the love is in us and all around. There's no limit to what we can have. And I think when I can start to see how the sharing of my love, the sharing of our love isn't taking away from what we have. It adds a different dimension. We can add dimensions. We can add intimacy. We can add romance. We can add partnership. We can like go live in a house with five people that we love. I mean, it's not like, I don't know. I think it's hard to see outside of, of love as singular commitment, love as agreement. I, I don't want anyone to ever stay with me because it would be a hassle to divorce me. This is really like, what? I just watched my parents go through a divorce last year. They flushed money down the fucking toilet to go on their separate ways long after it was time, but at long last, they did it. <clears throat> they did. And it was painful and weird and financial dynamics and legal ease. It's like, and 
I truly think that they stayed together far longer than they should have and would have because of this legal, what is even the word, like agreement? I can see how that's attractive. Hey, buddy, you better lock her down. Why? Why would my buddy tell me to lock down my girlfriend? Is it because he wants to sleep with her? What if I said I'm okay with that? Like, like we're not fucking every moment of the day. Like, and, and so a big part of this for me is in relational dynamics, understanding and, and coming to terms with and, and exploring more my pansexuality, my recognition of, of finding, appreciating, loving beauty in all forms of humans and recognize like, hey, I spent basically like 22, 21, 23 years of my life like like locking away this secret desires or feeling like like I had to isolate and, and be like uh, be like oh look I mean as I realize this it's like oh look the uh, her titties make me horny give give me a boner that means I'm straight you know like and so Exactly. I think it comes down to insecurities, being afraid of the other person, finding in others what's not in you. But see, here's the thing. Oh, my God. Jay Sada, that's beautiful because I want <laughs> her to find in others what's not in me because she can't get it from me. Like, aren't we all out here to get that shit that feels good and that feels like love and that resonates with us? It's like, yo, real talk, no shade, no like anything. Like I can find in others what I can't find in her. And so it's like, it does not take away from our bond because we both recognize that other people have different stuff that we like. It's like, we are still in relationship for a reason. Like there is no taking away of my love because there's another flavor of love that she's accessing without me. Like, and so I absolutely recognize the way that 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 could and that feeds on the pure cultural insecurity that's shot up into our veins from the get so here we go i'm going to talk to user 913431349 she said it goes both ways you notice the beauty in others that's in yourself and you notice the insecurities in others that you also have uh yeah yeah 
I think it's it's easy for us to. And here's what it is. It, it, it comes down to we've literally been soaking in monogamous familial realities on every screen, in every storybook, from every family member we've ever known our entire lives. And if not, then we are very rare, right? If we have experienced or witnessed love outside of those bounds, But, hey, how many of us have witnessed cheating? How many of us have witnessed cheating? I have cheated. I have cheated. Not proud of that. But, and it's not even about cheating. It's like, another thing about it, part of why my parents got divorced was that my dad was just keeping secrets. He just had a lot of, you know, kind of like credit card debt and like secret buying secret stuff. And that was like this shameful and of course shame because I'm going to feel shame as a man if I know that another man or woman is pleasing my girl. Like my friends would make fun of me. The culture says, don't be a cuck. Don't be like, your girl should only want your dick or you're not a man. Like, That's hard. That's a hard reality to, to navigate, to come to terms with. Even if in your own bones, you can maybe understand that you're okay with that that it doesn't truly stab a stake in your heart to imagine an open relationship, let alone polyamory. Um, like, ah, forgot what I was saying, but what the fuck? Um, if it does drive a stake through your heart, I get it. And especially because almost all the relationships that I see and that I'm sure we're all basically in are the, like, it's cheating because we agreed when we started dating that it was just exclusive, us. And I totally get that. It opens the possibility of losing what's familiar and exactly back to how we opened this little fossil that we're exploring not fossil uh, door room entered this room uh is 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 about marriage right how we entered in here is is we're gonna get married because we're both committing to saying i'm not gonna lose you you're not gonna lose me we promise we promise we promise we promise and there's a type of, I think, relaxation in that promise that throughout the years, you can let go of some of your insecurities, perhaps, of losing your loved one, of them finding something else that they want, 
that makes them not want to be with you anymore, right? And I totally understand that. I'm like, yeah, do I want 20 years of being like, any day my girlfriend could come home and say, hey, honey, I met someone new. Sorry, I'm moving in with them. But if we're married, then like, I mean, it's literally like, if we're married, then she's going to have to divorce me before she leaves. It's kind of like a, like, a, you're not going to be able to double cross me, bitch. And right, like, and it started out as a pure patriarchal, I better buy my woman so that no other man can fuck her or impregnate her, right? Like, fuck, dude, weird. And I just don't want any patriarchy in my relationships anymore, dude. Um, and so as it stands now, I'm not currently interested in bounding myself to monogamous terms of love for now. That's been my norm that that's, and I'm just like, that wasn't feeling right. That just was like making me do this huge like like flip floppy i need to be single to be free and being like wow relationships are dope and just really not knowing how to actually find myself and be in love if i'm looking for my better half then my life doesn't start until we meet baby like come on like love yourself better than that like we don't need anyone else right and like i said before i don't want someone to be handcuffed to me for any for an hour longer than they would like to be with me i don't right like what is that that's not love I don't want to handcuff anyone to me ever. Let's be where we want to be. Let's commune with who we want to be with right now. What feels right and not let this feeling that, hey, look, you and I, our love has grown so deep. You ready to just cut it off? And I'm like, wait, what? Wait, whoa, whoa, say that again? Yeah, you and I, we love each other so deeply, right? Yeah. So you want to just vacuum seal this little two-person love that we, that we have and, and never let anyone in ever again, except for our children if we have them? Why? Well, because I'm afraid that if we don't vacuum seal this up, that then you'll be free to walk away. Well, wouldn't you want me to be free to walk away if I wanted to walk away? Well, yeah, but if you really wanted to walk away, then we could get divorced. So instead of me being able to freely walk away if I wanted to ever freely walk away 
you would want me to first have to apply for it with lawyers and the government instead? Why don't you love me? I think that could I think I could make that a TikTok maybe, right? If I if I got some little some good editing on it. Because I think that's really important to hear. Like <sighs> Yeah. How did we even start on this train? Because what I had written on my pad was authenticity and vegan. Um, and then there's a T. Trust? Trust. Mm -hmm. Maybe it was trust. There's nothing written. It wasn't anything, but we're going to write trust. But what did I just talk about? Marriage. Um, yeah, dude. And I think it's a thing now where I, I'm, I'm maybe potentially worried that, oh, fuck. Oh, God. I totally thought that we just didn't catch all of that, bro. Because, for those of you, I would show you my computer, but it's littered with paraphernal Um When I'm on my desktop anchor app, I can only do 30 minute segments. So that's how we, we enter in some, some little ads. Um, not real ads, but just fun ads. Um, but thank God, we got it all. We got the marriage skit, so that was legit. Um, but yo, actually, yeah, we'll, uh, we will take a quick smirk break and we'll have a quick message from our, to, from today's sponsor and then we'll hop right back into it. We just finished the marriage rant. Let's uh, get into it. We'll be right back. Hey bro, uh, do you remember who today's sponsor is? Uh, dang man, I... I kind of forget. I have it written down somewhere. Yeah. Um, huh. I don't remember. Oh, here it is. Authentic veganism. Oh my gosh. Wow. What are the odds? Classic vegan ad. How did I even get this vegan ad on this podcast? I mean, I'm vegan, but man, how much are we getting paid for this? Yeah, no, this is actually just a free ad read that we offered. For who? The authentic authentic vegan, I think. Alright. So, what's what's their jam? The authentic vegan is simply a mindset of understanding that anytime I would ever have actually put my hands and time into the process to make a single type of animal product. I would have been grossed out. Bow, bow. That's authentic to me, dude. My inauthentic meat eating my whole life was me never seeing blood of an animal ever, 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 ever. Never. Like, that's just real. That's just real. Um, and the authentic vegan doesn't have an agenda except to say, like, it's okay to be grossed out by shit. You don't have to take a stand. And it's also okay if you like meat. It's okay. It's okay. But you don't have to eat it every day. But you can. It's your choice. 
but just don't eat bologna and hot dogs and processed shit. I mean, come on. Like, come on. Okay, that's enough. Am I on my high horse? I did that for you, Jay Sada. Um, homie called me out on TikTok. Love you. <laughs> Welcome back to the show. Hope you enjoyed that vegan ad. That was for Jay Sada, the homie. Thank you for tuning in to the podcast today. The next topic on the agenda is to keep talking about a lot of this relational dynamic stuff, a lot, a lot of uh, the ways that we uh, expect things from the people that we begin to love and, and learn and, and, and become closer to and, and date and, and, and shit like that. Um, and I think one of the big things that we were talking about in regards to marriage is really going one layer deeper talking about trust and how it is we build trust between each other, how we maintain that, and how we repair, most, this is most important, how we repair that trust when it, it has been broken. I've been in a lot of relationships, like I said earlier, where I was stepping outside of the monogamous bounds of the relationship and really causing heartbreak and harm and hurt and even before that i had been doing kind of the classic cut and run type of navigating my feelings about what it is to be in a relationship and how it was that i was feeling like pressured and um put in to kind of like a box or, or like limited in what my life was able to be. I think navigating jealousy is huge. And I think if we go and dive into what that jealousy really is, a lot of times it comes back to trust, right? Truly, truly trust, truly, true. What does it mean to be true? How can we open up what it means to trust? Like I've been talking about, like, what does it mean to trust? And I think a huge part of that is about how we communicate. How we communicate our changing feelings, how our, our tastes change and, and how we change when we grow and when the dynamics of of how we relate to one another shift and and when trauma comes back up and old wounds are are re um jostled and opened up and you know it's like that agreement of marriage is like this hey we need it in writing And so I understand how that can be helpful. But 
again, back to trust, like what does it mean to trust? Like in the marriage, it's like, I trust that you meant what you signed, that you're not going to cheat on me. Right. And I, I think like, even, even within that bound, both Lane and I are pansexual, like attracted to everyone. Right. And I think in those old monogamous bounds. And I had no idea this is what we were going to be talking about today. So here's, here's how we know this shit is just not the natural flow of the podcast. Welcome. Glad you're here. Um, like that trust it, that old bound would be like, like I'm getting jealous when she's like giggling and flirting with another guy at the party right? She gets jealous when I'm going out to lunch alone with a girlfriend, right? And, but it's like, when, when we have more of an open idea of our love, even if we still were in a monogamous relationship, it kind of would be like, what? Are we going to be jealous about every single person that we each talk to? Because there's potential attraction there, right? That other person might like them. They might, right? It's like, you know, attraction might be there. And it's like, that means, uh-oh, here's a potential lure that's going to lead them away from me. And that makes me scared. And that's what that jealousy can turn into. It's that fear that allowing my partner to engage in pleasant interactions with someone else is going to lead them to fall in love and leave me right so what is the trust right and it's like we need marriage because it's like without marriage they could just like i could wake up one day and they could be gone and it's like trust is about communication even in monogamy i can say i trust you that even if you if you know you were attracted to them or they were attracted to you or something did happen or you were starting to be like hey whatever be like like if if someone wants if someone's like i want to date them and not you it's like the communication about those feelings is what the trust is that's how i become more alive or not alive more in tune with actually expressing what it is i want to feel right right it's like all these men out here never ever expressing like attraction to anyone else around their girlfriend and, and those girlfriends being insecure that if I catch my guy looking at a girl walking by in the mall, that then I'm like, Hey, no, like, so this, <laughs> I, I, I have this deeper point that I remember foreseeing way back when I got into this. So I'm going to try and tunnel through to find it, baby. Um, part of that trust can be in the same way in monogamy i can say i trust my partner not to cheat on me even if they're you know dancing with someone on the dance floor right can i can trust that there is going to be communication right i can trust that in an in a non-monogamous relationship like 
that the communication is going to exist before anything's going to change dramatically. Like before I fall in love and move away with a guy that I fucked, like it's not going to be like, sorry, dip out. And that's the thing that we're all worried about is, is someone saying to us, sorry, I'm dipping out. Like, and we want to protect ourselves from that. I think especially men, right? Like, I think especially men want to be like, don't wear that in public. Like, I don't want another man looking at my girl. It's like, it's hard. <laughs> the only and YD said you need to tighten up, bruh. Damn, yeah, I've been jostled thinking about this because it's such a hard thing to conceptualize without understanding the way that we will actually relate to these moments if and when we allow them to occur. Like, this is all, for the most part, very outside of my lived experience. So I'm not trying to say, hey, I know how to navigate this other relational dynamics better and it's the way i'm just saying like there is actually like this doesn't have to be an inherentness in what bond you know what relational bonds consist of um Jesada said, I think it's also because some men have a harder time finding partners than most women, and most women have an easier time finding partners. Huh. I don't know if I agree with that. I would love to actually know the statistics on that, because I, I really think it may not be as, as dramatic as, as you might assume, though I don't know. I'm just speculating. Um, but I think we're all out here having a hard time find par finding partners. Um, I think it's hard to find spaces to learn and, and become acquainted and be a part of communing with each other outside of being like, hey, we're going on our first date in the modern culture i think a little bit especially kind of outside of of like meeting in school and college and shit so i think that there's a lot of women who are feeling like it's like they're having a hard time finding someone too like as much as men perhaps like or at least it definitely happens drastically in both. I, I think like figuring out what type of expectation you have for what you want someone else to live like. It's like, what are you looking for in a partner? It's like, that's such a weird question in general, right? And it's like what we're all focusing our energy on when we make our profiles and like think about the the type of profile we want to see and i want this age and you know, all this stuff like and so 
mean, obviously that's, that's just kind of like online dating culture, but I think even, even regularly, it's like, I really think there's a way for us to open up the spaces to allow for exploration and and truly i mean i have to write down the, the the main word here is communication and that's what we're learning to do that's that's what we need to learn to do that's what men need to learn to do for sure um but everyone and shame fuck it's hard to to talk about all this without opening up the shame door because what shame does is it just goes around locking your doors all day long like when you allow someone else to walk into your house and shout out candace for having this this like house analogy and like or castle like having your internal space and the way you relate to others is we we let people in we share our lives with them right and so there are these these longer hallways these and sometimes stairwells that lead us into the more intimate spaces of ourselves and that are only accessible to others if we allow them in um technical difficulty on TikTok. They're only accessible to us if we, or to others if we let them in, right? And so I think we have such a fear. Yeah, yeah, I turned off my Wi-Fi. It was really hard. Um, we have such a fear that letting someone in to this intimate room, intimate hall, of our internal house. We fear that that will somehow backfire on us. I think sometimes we've had people thinking about or the people that we've shared things with in the end not being a reliable, trusted source of trust. <laughs> or of confidentiality or of of holding something with kindness and i think a lot of people have a whole lot of spaces in their minds that they have never allowed a single other soul to see And they may have never witnessed a single other soul let someone else in that deep either. So as much as I am still learning to spelunk my own internal caves, I understand that part of my learning process is by sharing the ways that I come to understand 
what it is I have to do and to put language to the way I go about it. Because if we've never heard the language and we don't have the language, it's hard to get our mind to go there. Our minds really have, have a limiting capacity to understand linguistic scaffolding around ideas about ourselves. So it's hard to <laughs> allow others in when you don't know how to do it, you know? All right, I got to restart this TikTok. Be right back. Here we go. Um, wow, I thought that, I think that's a really, fuck, I'm gonna like listen to that back again because, I mean, is that, that seems really obvious, right? But I think it's really powerful imagery, right? Right? The imagery of how, so imagine you're in a castle and it's your entire mind. And when you enter in, you have your living space on the first floor. Um, you have your kitchen, bedroom, you know, um, living room with the TV. And, and then you have like, your like photo albums and your little library with all of your knowledge and, and all this stuff. And then you have kind of like all of your like secrets kind of up in the upstairs. And then like in the downstairs, you have some of like the harder to access knowledge, which might be like repressed memories or like, you know, old things that you learned or did that you don't really remember anymore that it would take like specific triggers and specific, you know, notable things to draw up those old memories. So they lay in the basement. And then in the middle of the basement of this castle of your mind, there is a giant <laughs> gaping black hole deep down into nothingness. And the only way you can go find out, and there's a lot of you in there, right? Basically, the house is just the part, is just the you that you built over top, the real you that is this natural deep cavern of, nat of nature and of, of humanity. And so you feel like your lived experience is like, I live in this house, but this house is only built there because it is fed from this natural deep eunice. So here's the setting of where we are. You stand overlooking this deep, dark cave. There's no ladder. You don't have the arm strength to try to climb down the edges. It's slick. So you just try to 
sometimes shine a flashlight down there as, as much as you can. And sometimes you have a really bright shine and you can kind of see some of the edges of the opening of this cave. And what I want to be able to do is to come be welcomed into your, I mean, the proverbial your castle shown down to the basement and to try and help you build a lattice work of verbal climbing equipment or like lattice that we can start to hang down and start to slowly climb down and see like words are our tools to access this depth it just is and i think it's not just words i think allowing yourself to get out of your own way not always having your ego coming in and interrupting everything um that's important too but I'm over here building this like lattice, lattice. That's what it looks like to me. It's like hanging it down over the edge, a lattice work, hanging vine rope of my words and my understanding of Like, maybe that that kind of sounds like I'm too much on a high horse because, like, I just have a couple little bit of laddies, lattice eyes on my shit. Like, I'm not some wise man or some shit. But a lot of people ain't never even going to try to build a lattice, I think. So I always kind of, like, feel like I'm <laughs> believing in myself too much. Like, what the fuck is that? Like, like, I feel like people won't believe me that I have tools that they don't have. I, you know, it's just like always having felt like I didn't have enough like everyone else, especially in school. I mean, that's like, that's like the cultural measure of your status or your worth almost. I mean, obviously not exactly, but. Like my way of stepping out from underneath that judgment was to like check out. And I think because of that, it allowed me to understand, okay, what the fuck do I want to check into? All of this other shit is bullshit I've been learning my whole life. Oh, I actually might want to... Um, learn about my self <laughs> I might actually want to like heal lots of this closeted like homophobia and like 
emotional neglect and like never feeling really seen for so long and like no one's going to ever tell me to go do that that has to come from me right that has to come from me my life has to come from me there's no other choice so i just felt like i i didn't do enough to look qualified to do a job that i like and it's like that thought about myself and my worth and what i've learned and being like i should have learned more and then i'd be more valuable And just kind of realizing that 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 like measure of my self is just purely based on other people judging me, dude. And I never realized that I was internalizing so much of other people's judgment on me that it felt like I fuck them but i'm hard on myself it's like no they just basically pummeled me with their fucking shit and then i just like started to think that i was hearing my own voice when it when their shit was reverberating throughout my mind and my being thinking that i i was like well i gotta jump through the hoops so i might as well do it fucking stoned and like not giving a fuck and just like trying to be a rebel bro We got a lot of cars driving by. I like to see that. We got people out and about, bro. But, yeah. Hi, I'm Wes. I build emotional linguistic frame lattice frameworks to help us dive deeper into our own minds. And I'm basically figuring out how to do this in my own mind and in the mind of my lover. And as we discover the possibilities of how we can be kind to ourselves and be open to unpacking things and to hold a loose grip on our beliefs and on our expectations. And I think coming back to marriage, it's like, I want to hold a loose grip on my lover. I want them to be free to slide around and twirl and dance and, and not be handcuffed to my side. because I want to hold hands with you. Because holding hands is comforting. I want to hold hands with everyone if they want to hold hands with me. I don't want to hold hands with someone whose partner is going to be like, what the fuck? 
Like, that's so weird. I don't want that dynamic around me of someone saying, what the fuck, why are you touching someone I love? And it's like, I'm not out here trying to touch people, but I'm here to be around people who are okay with holding my hand when we walk through the parking lot or down the, down the sidewalk or cuddling up next to each other when we're on a couch. It's like, bro, not everyone's trying to fuck everyone. We can be loving towards everyone. And not that fucking is bad. I mean, we certainly down, not mean, but yeah. And understanding the way that other people desire to exist in love, that that looks differently for everyone. And that, again, part of what can be so beautiful is that saying like, we all love each other a little differently. Like, I was just talking about this on episode 68. That, like, if you're, if you try to eat healthy, it can be hard. But if I say something like, let me try to just have a more colorful diet, I can eat whatever I want. Let me just have more color, right? It's like diversity in our diet is great. What if we just allowed ourselves to have a little bit more kinds of love? What then? What would happen? What if we were fed love in a little bit in different ways with different food, with different types of foods, right? All of us are like, I'm looking for that strawberries and cream love. I'm looking for that chocolate-covered strawberry love. I'm looking for that breakfast in bed on a Saturday morning with the sun shining through the curtains love. And it's like all of those things could be coming from different people, Braj. And if you say, well, damn, your boy got cut off, man. So... Basically, uh, like, yeah, my husband only likes chocolate-covered strawberries, and he hates whipped cream, and he would never make me breakfast in bed. And it's like, get your love that you can have. Like, bro, we are all so beautiful, and we are all so not limited. And how many, I mean, it comes to mind, how many beautiful women are out there not being loved right? by their man thinking that they need to accept that because they're worried that if that there's not any better love out there no one else is going to love uh, imperfect me and that doesn't have to be gendered that just seems more common because i feel like it's more common for the american man to not know how to love his american wife oh as sad as that is and i think i used to be one of them I remember this time in high school and I've since, this is my senior year of high school, I have since actually last year called her up and, and truly heartfelt apologized. But I was dating this girl and we, my best friend at the time, 
was coming to pick us up to go somewhere. Oh, interesting. So I'd really love this. Fuck my story. So, Turblo says, so, walk out of a decent marriage due to your man not wanting you to be a hoe. Makes sense. I feel like you peaked in high school. Right on, bro. Um, yeah, interesting. So it's like, that's only, that's just an example. It's not about chocolate-covered strawberries or breakfast in bed. It's about, like, how you are loved. So it's like, but your man not wanting you to be a hoe. It's like a lot of men don't want their woman to love anyone else besides them, right? And it's just kind of like, why? You know, like let's, re let's remove sex from it at all, but let's still call it a man friendship. There's still insecurity there. Like, if your woman's not bi, she can be close and intimate, not intimate, but like super close with her fem with her woman friends, right? Like, um, yeah, and I think that's just the mindset of what love is, like being a hoe, like even that, that mentality, like I don't agree with that premise, like being a hoe, like that means that comes from like a patriarchal mindset of like, Like, a woman's only allowed to receive pleasure from a limited number of people, right? Like, yeah, exactly, Jaysada. Like, it comes from a place of control. Like, a man does want to control his woman in, in America. Like, yeah, and that's, that's really fucked up. And like I said... I think that because of this mindset of lack of like, I need to find my Mr. Right. And that like you found Mr. Okay. I mean, it's just like whatever about what Turblo said, it's just like no one should be staying with someone that's not giving them what they actually want. Like, and who's not allowing them to go find what else it is they want right it's like love you kayla yeah yeah well exactly yeah turbo said i am a man and i will be the man of a relationship well yeah well then you do you like don't let your wife be a hoe i guess i mean that's your priority but just like you know be with a woman who only wants to be with you and then you're fine and no one needs to talk about it. I just think like, again, like be the master of your household. That is, that is a patriarchal mindset. Like you are the master of your wife who when you're married is your legal property, basically. Like that's how it's, it all started. And I just don't agree with that premise at all, you know? Um, and so I think it also would come down to shame. Like if your wife cheated on you, like you would be, you would feel a lot of shame about that. And I think for the most part, lots of men would shield that shame with a thick armor of anger 
and calling their wife a hoe and not ever looking at their own actions as to why, like, you know, someone seeking, you know, a desire for someone else, right? Where a lot of cheating comes from. My husband wasn't giving me enough, right? I, I do think a lot of that comes from, again, lack of communication, the inability to have perhaps the language to know how to express what it is isn't that what it is that isn't being provided by the one you love that might cause you to go look somewhere else i mean again i think my own idea about the statistics and the gender dynamic is my thought would be that more men cheat on their wives than wives cheat on their husbands um, hey, me too, Trundle. Trundle said the precise reason I'm polyamorous. Right on. Uh, is because of that shame and inability to communicate. And men being able to, a lot of, this is so common, is men finding uh, sex workers who they are able to put down more walls with than with their wives. Put down more walls with this stranger you don't know who you're paying to pleasure you. And you can really actually talk about your shit because it's okay and it's you don't want anyone in your life to know you're going to therapy. You don't want to talk to your wife about any part of your insecurity. And this is and this is like my general masculine dynamic shit. So I think there's a lot of stereotyping in that. Um, but for the most part, I think it's uh, it's pretty revolved around shame. And so, Jay Sada, I love that you've been here with us the whole time. Really interesting to watch Turblo 5.0's patriarchal mindset just like rumble its way into this chat. And I think almost feel insecure about they will start to talk and everything. They Is he talking about women? Like, so interesting. Her inner walls. Tell me more about that. So I think very interesting window into a little, I think, piece of the patriarchy that just came in here and was like, my wife's not gonna be a hoe, like I'm the master of my household. I'm the man and I will be the man of my relationship. Like, I think that that happens with religion, that happens with, you know, political views, that happens with relational dynamic views, that happens with needing to argue against someone who would allow what they won't allow because they can't conceptualize a world where their neighbor would allow this thing that they don't allow and they need to assert their views in order to not question them anymore because these views, like I said, are the sh thick shield of anger armor that protects shame, insecurity, and fear. Oh. And 
I think. I, I and I think there's even a denial of. And you know, like my my instinct was just to kick kick the homie out because I don't want to engage in that. And I'm not trying to I'm not trying to deny the reality that that exists, but it just reminds me that like, like I can't waste my breath on on a lot of people, man. Like I gotta I gotta speak in, in the places where where we're kind of in interacting and 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 living from a similar premise of what life is and of of what life can be and so i'm certainly down and and am trying to enlighten people's minds to new ideas that they've never heard and so i'm i totally understand meeting resistance right but then i think it's just like the way that we suss out friendships in our in our world and in our in our social life like there's just so many people where there didn't even need to be a conversation between either of us to, that had to happen for us to just know we're not going to try to be friends we're not even really going to speak we might say hi and what's up and so it's like i think that there are certainly cases where a long thought out argument and rebuttal and controversial shit can help to be a bridge to a new idea for someone who who is in their own minds closed off and resistant but look fuck like i said it's like it's like homeboy was like trying to so you remember the castle metaphor it's like homeboy is basically i mean that's not really related, I guess. But it's just almost as if he's trying to say, I do not have an internal emotional cave. Fuck you. Like, and neither does my wife. Like, so that, that's not quite what we were talking because it's a little bit different, but yeah, yeah. So, from person to person, it's their relationship with themselves and what most like to call and what they're most like to call God or the universe. Yeah. Um, but so here's the thing, right? Is like, I want that person to hear me out if they're willing to hear me out. If they're gonna not hear me out and try to interrupt and jostle the shit, then get out because go talk in your own vein. And I think like, go. Go have people into your own house talk what you want to talk about. If you're going to fuck up the vibe, like, fuck you. Um, oh, for sure. Jay Sada said he's never had multiple partners. Guaranteed, man. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. A lot of people can't fathom it. And uh, I think in the same way that happened with with uh, homosexual scenes in the culture. Like, there's been more of a, it's in more places than it used to be. And so I think, I think it's, uh, 
certainly not like, you know, in the same way that I went, hey, Christianity isn't the vibe. The God isn't real, atheism. And I'm kind of like, yeah, that wasn't really what is real, but I think, but I just, it needed to happen. I think in the same way, there can be the tendency perhaps to go, oh, whoa, monogamy isn't the only way to exist. Polyamory for everyone. And so I think it's just like, but that at least maybe not in practice, but at least in in mindset sometimes. For, maybe for me, maybe not like polyamory for everyone, but I'm just I'm just trying to say like I need to experience kind of having all these walls up and exploring this open territory now. Because I broke because I demolished that old house, that old monogamous house that had the one bedroom with a one queen, with one uh, full-sized bed for two people, you know, like, um, and so just not shutting down that, uh, oh, full openness until I've had some experience and some communication and some inner lattice climbing of experience and navigation in those actual waters, you know? Yeah, Jay Sada said, one king bed with multiple people. Bang on, mate. Well, this was like the, this was like the fuck monogamy episode, low-key. High-key? Uh, but like I said, it's the same thing where I say fuck Christianity, where I'm kind of like, hey, you, y'all out there doing it real, like, do what you want, you feel comfortable with, but all there, all y'all out there living some toxic Christianity shit, fuck you. Y'all out there living some toxic monogamy shit, fuck you. And y'all out there who are also just truly, actually struggling in your monogamous relationships, perhaps stepping away from that for a time, letting yourself breathe in a, in a more open area could be a reset and perhaps show you a different type of way of living that could make you happier right that's also something is like you know for as much as monogamy is the only thing so much of us so many of us will ever actually seriously consider how many of us will also within that within that monogamy only mindset suffer greatly for years and years like so there just really are ways for us to explore love share trust communicate be vegan be togetherness allow love to flow in all its forms and to not grip to what it is that we have for life is flow and what is meant to flow on will flow on with ease as hard as it sometimes may be peace love thank you for tuning into this episode jay sada you have been an integral part of this episode and i thank you i want to say here before the episode ends i would love to have you on the podcast for real 
so you can have your vocals in here instead of just your TikTok text. And until next time, peace, love, never stop learning. Bye. <coughs> Bye. Yeah, sorry. Bye. Bye. Bye, man. <coughs> bye. All right. We're just going to say bye. We can just say bye. That's the end. Bye. My battery's about to die. Oh my god. My battery's about to die. Yo. My battery's about to die, so I just pick up the pace. Because I try to see eye to eye and we can relate. Because the shit that I say is always dope. And the dopeness is something that I wish I could relay on a regular basis. But say, sis, you're trying to roll up on occasions. We could be the ones that we face in our truth, but we not on vacation. We've been just showing up regular. And I'm nothing special, but I gotcha. And I'm trying to give you a hug because the intimacy, it can be everywhere. Everywhere is dope. Everywhere is free. Everywhere is you and everywhere is me. We are universally connected and can't you see that the stuff that we've been doing is not costing you money. It's for free. It's the universality of life. If you look in my eyes, but I am on the pipe. I'm really fucking high, but I'm just in my mind. I don't get in my way and bitch I learned to fly. Them birds like me, but I be getting higher than the clouds. I'm higher than you thought you could allow. I'm higher than a crow and a cloud. I'm higher than a hug and a meow. I'm higher than a kitten and a cow I'm higher than the love that you thought you needed but I'm breathing in this hot electricity that I'm seeping through I got this hot fire the lightning struck you it's like brew me up a hot cup of joe I got a lot to do and I got a job so I better go I better get the work on coat the coupons I just gotta get the shit up because I eat good yo I always got it cooking in the kitchen cause my kitchen is fresh it's not spitting spicking Spam. I like you, never see me spitting spam out the mouth But the truth that I have, it's allowed Like the pounds that I'm rolling up Pounds that I drop and the bars that I spit Always flow into the sky I just flow upward, not downward Like the river, wonder why? Ooh, I am so fly, it's the sunset You can see me going off beat, but the sun's wet It's like me when the dun set I got you, but my gun Never see it out of this package I do not actually believe That I am gonna change the world But you'll see that my belief is bigger than me Because what I can see Is gonna be inevitably filled With your envy I have no fear, the fear is not a breeze in me, but it's alive in you, so let that shit go.